Season two of the Made For More podcast is here. This season is gonna be a little bit different than season one. What I wanna do this season is walk through some well-known stories in the Bible, reoccurring themes, lessons, and topics. As I've participated in small group discussions, I've noticed that there's a lot of mindsets and misconceptions that tend to come up quite often. There are struggles and questions that we've all had and share with each other that I think we could talk about more. From doubting and uncertainty to embracing our weaknesses and purpose in life, there's a broad range of topics to discuss in further detail. I want to walk through the process of how we come to finding conclusions and solutions in our everyday realities. I know that life can be difficult at times, and knowing that you're not the only one brings so much hope. As I go through this series, I want to talk about some of the thought processes, perspectives, and ideas that come to mind as I navigate the scriptures. I'm no theologian. I'm not perfect. I'm human, just like you. So I want this to be an experience that we share together and hope to learn something new along the way. The goal isn't religion. It's about relationship, relationship with God learning more about who God is, who we are, and what this life is all about. There is more to the story and more than what we see on the pages. There's so much depth to the scriptures and every time we turn to it, we can come away learning something new. I always say it's not history, it's his story. And when we learn about his story, we walk away knowing that we were made for more. So let's see what more we can learn today. Hey guys, welcome to the Made For More podcast Bible study series. I'm Emily, your host, and in today's episode, we're going to dive into the word wisdom. Not only was grace in the garden, but wisdom as well. Let's recap what we discussed in the last episode where we talked about grace. Eve had disobeyed the one command God gave her, and we concluded that she ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil because of her desire for wisdom. Her desire is what dictated her choice to disobey God. Despite their disobedience in the garden that day, they were met with God's grace. I wanted to do a study on wisdom because Eve desired it so much so that she had made the choice to disobey God. So today's episode is titled Wisdom in the Garden because not only was grace in the garden, but wisdom as well. I must admit, as I sought out to learn more about wisdom, I had an entirely different expectation on how it would go. I've always thought wisdom was more about knowing more or having more insight. But after hours of researching, praying, and reading, what I learned took me by surprise. One thing that is true is that wisdom is more than just a simple definition, and it's less of a what and more of a who that does. Listen in to today's episode in which I share what I discovered and am still discovering along the way. I found this analogy one morning in a devotional on wisdom that I was reading. It said, God's wisdom is a light showing us every obstacle hidden in the dark that could trip us and cause us to fall. It's a thick wool scarf around our necks, helping block out some of the most destructive influences of shame, self-doubt, insults, and bad choices that can plague our lives if we let them. Of course, having a scarf isn't enough. You have to wear it. 
For us to make sense of how God's wisdom protects us, we actually have to bring that wisdom into our ways of walking every day. Paul's doxology found in Romans 11.33 gives words to describe just how deep the wisdom of God is. Oh, the depth and the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. I couldn't agree more with Paul. My quest of compacting the topic of wisdom into a short Bible study was more difficult than I had imagined. It seemed the more I tried to simplify wisdom, the further the possibility slipped out of my grasp. Determined to do my best, I dove into the best place I could look, the Bible. I found places in scripture that wisdom is described as giving life or saving a person from the snares of death. Like in Psalms 13:14, it says, The teachings of the wise is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. And Psalm 14:27 says, That the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord being a fountain of life brought me back to the trees in the Garden of Eden. One of the trees is the tree of life, and the other... The tree of knowledge of good and evil produces death. Wisdom is found in life, not death. Eve did indeed confuse the trees. The tree of life is where wisdom is found, but she went her own way following her fleshly desire and chose the tree that brought death. Her mind was governed by her own desire, not the will of God. In Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about when the mind is governed by the flesh, it produces death, and when the mind is governed by the spirit, it produces life. See Romans 8, 5 through 6. If Eve's mind was governed by God, she would have never went on the path towards the tree that brought death. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Proverbs 14:12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. When Eve sought to be made wise by disobeying God, she was leaning on her own understanding. Her desire is what appeared to her to be right. She did not submit to God's instruction, which would have led her straight to the tree of life. Wisdom we can learn from Eve's mistake is to not lean on our own understanding, but to trust in God's will for our lives. We can trust that he will keep us on the straight and narrow path life. We can't talk about wisdom without also talking about knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge are related but not synonymous. Having knowledge is possible without wisdom, but having wisdom is not possible without having some knowledge. Wisdom is acted upon by the knowledge. I want to give you an example of this. Knowledge sees a stop sign and knows what the stop sign means. Wisdom takes that knowledge and acts upon it by applying the brakes. Here's something that John Piper said about wisdom. It stuck with me. He said that wisdom requires three things, knowledge, insight, 
and resolve. Here's a quote from a speech that he gave. The greatest human wisdom is the factual knowledge, the situational insight, and the necessary resolve that together have the greatest likelihood of success in achieving the intended righteous goal. He also said that scriptures impart to you the necessary knowledge of reality and discernment of situations and resolve that you need to walk on the narrow road to faith and obedience that results in salvation. One thing that I took away from what he said is the importance of not only knowing scripture, but living out the truths found in it. Let's take a look back at Eve. With knowledge, she learned what God's one command was, and walking in wisdom would have been the action of obeying the command he had given her in the moment of her temptation. During some studying, I looked up the dictionary's definition of wisdom and knowledge. Here's what I found. Wisdom is the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, or lasting. Knowledge is information gained through experience, reasoning, or acquaintance. With those definitions in mind, in the garden, if Eve was desiring wisdom, she was desiring the ability to discern what is true, right, or lasting. The fact that she was unable to discern the right choice to obey God and the truth of what his command was, then when she chose to break the command God had given her, Her action proves the very wisdom she was desiring, she truly did lack. Now, if using the definition that knowledge is information gained through experience, reasoning, or acquaintance, the tree of knowledge of good and evil did indeed give Eve knowledge. Knowledge she gained through experiencing God's goodness when she was met with his grace, and she also experienced evil when she opposed God's will that resulted in the consequence of death. When it comes to definitions, I have to highlight that there's a difference between godly wisdom and worldly wisdom. There are many places in scripture that reference the differences between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom that comes from God. In my quest, I also stumbled upon this gem of a quote said by Trip Prince. He said, wisdom is the knowledge of God and a life lived for God. 1 Corinthians 3.19 says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. And verse 20 says, The Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. The world's wisdom seeks to fulfill fleshly desires over God's will. Eve is an example of utilizing worldly wisdom. But when we have godly wisdom, we strive to see life from God's eternal perspective. Godly wisdom is usually opposite of what our natural flesh desires. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. That's 1 John 2, 15-17. James 3, 17 says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And then listen to this verse in Romans 12 too, where Paul speaks about testing and approving, which is using discernment to understand God's will. He says, 
do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I speculated in the last episode that if Eve were to have gone to God to clarify what he had instructed her about the tree when the serpent tempted her, then maybe things would have turned out differently. If Eve had known that wisdom was found and given by God, then she would have chose to go to him for wisdom instead of attempting to obtain it on her own. So we know that wisdom was indeed in the garden, just not where Eve thought it was. Whenever we are tempted by something in this world, wisdom is found in how we respond to the temptation. Lacking wisdom, we tend to give in, but walking in God's wisdom, we can choose to deny our fleshly desires and follow God's will instead. Wisdom wakes us up and gives us an awareness of ourselves, an awareness of the mentality of scarcity and lack. Eve thought she lacked wisdom and went off in pursuit of it outside of God's will. A new focus and a readjustment to that mentality, we have our eyes opened to the abundance. Just like Eve, God has provided us all that we need, and wisdom recognizes the trap of temptation. Wisdom brings humility and pulls pride out of the shadows of darkness and into the light. Coveting is one of the most tempting traps. It's the one that caught Eve. She yearned for something that she perceived that she did not have. Guess what the antidote is? Gratitude. That's right. Gratitude, which is pausing to notice and appreciate what one already has. In 1 Corinthians 10.13, we learn that wisdom is found with the help of God in times of temptation and provides us a way out. It reads, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. In another part of our reading for our study was in the book of James 1. Verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. We also read about King Solomon, who was known for his great wisdom given from God. One night he dreamed of God telling him to ask of him whatever he wanted, and he asked for a discerning heart to know right from wrong. So God said to him, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never be anyone like you, nor will there ever be. 1 Kings 3.12 The heart is where the wisdom is found, and it's given by God. Upon further reading, we learn that even with all the wisdom Solomon had, he still ends up disobeying God, choosing the world's wisdom and following his own way. This shows that receiving wisdom from God does not ensure that we will choose to walk in it. Walking in wisdom is a choice we each have to make. In times of decision and choices we have to make, wisdom sees life from God's perspective and acts accordingly. Wisdom is found all throughout the scriptures. In New King James Version, the word wisdom is found precisely 222 times. But the three books that wisdom is found at the core are Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. The book of Proverbs emphasizes the rewards that come to those who walk in the way of wisdom. 
and the books of Job and Ecclesiastes bring to light the connection between our behavior and their consequences. They also both emphasize the importance of fearing God and keeping his commands. I searched through every verse the word wisdom was in, and for the sake of time, I decided to choose one verse each from Job and Ecclesiastes that really captured wisdom for me. Job 28.28 reads, And he said to the human race, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to shun evil is understanding. And in Ecclesiastes 12, 13-14 reads, Now all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. The book of Proverbs is where I found the meat for this study. Not only does the book of Proverbs offer practicality when it comes to wise living, but it opened up a revelation to me that wisdom was not only a what, but a who. In Proverbs chapter 1, notice that wisdom is personified. You'll read things that wisdom does, such as calls out in the open, raises her voice, gives advice, and makes known her teachings if you repent at her rebuke. Proverbs 1.23 says, Repent at my rebuke, and then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. These next verses are from Proverbs 2, 1-10 that I want to share. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, And if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. In Proverbs 9.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So we see that wisdom starts with the fear of the Lord, and wisdom also tells us to take action. Based off of Proverbs 2.1-10 I just read, If you look at the things specifically wisdom tells us to do, you can find the practical and applicable things for today. Here's what wisdom calls us to do. Wisdom says to fear the Lord, accept wisdom's words, store up wisdom's commands, turn our ear towards wisdom, apply our heart to understanding, call out for insight, cry aloud, look for it, search for it, and then... Verse 10 says, wisdom will enter our hearts. And if you look back from 1 Kings 3.12, that is where we learn that wisdom's from God and is in the heart, not in the brain smarts, as some might say. Tying wisdom back to the garden, we read that wisdom is also called a tree of life in Proverbs 3.16-18. It says, long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are riches and honor, Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Well, where else was there the tree of life that we studied about? 
in the Garden of Eden. According to these verses in Proverbs, wisdom was present before the beginning of time and a part of creation. This further personifies wisdom. Proverbs 3.19, by the wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations, by understanding he set the heavens in place. Proverbs 8.22-23, the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. And Proverbs 8.30-36, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. And Proverbs 8:17, wisdom says, I love those who love me and those who seek me find me. This verse sounded very familiar to the words of Jesus when he told his disciples in Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. When reading Proverbs and seeing all the ways wisdom was personified, I couldn't help but to think of the book of John where he opens with, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. John 1, 1 through 3. Since Jesus is the word that became flesh, he is the living embodiment of wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Now listen to what Jesus says as he's giving a sermon on the mount. Matthew 7:24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And in the Lord's prayer, he emphasizes God's will preceding our own when he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in Matthew 6:10. The Lord's will to be done in us, walking in obedience, walking in God's will and ways over our own, being led by God's Spirit instead of our fleshly nature dictating our decisions. Jesus was wisdom walking amongst us perfectly in God's will. He lived a holy life being led by God's Spirit. So then, we too can live by God's Spirit. Paul explains this in Romans 8 when he says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. When Eve made that decision to disobey God, she was living according to the flesh. But we have something Eve did not have. We have God's Spirit in us, guiding us, and leading us. 
Listen to John 14 when Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. God's Spirit is our advocate, providing us truth and wisdom from God. We can have confidence in times of temptation because His Spirit lives in us and will be with us as we navigate this life. So to conclude, wisdom is walking in the will of God. Wisdom uses discernment. Wisdom chooses life and what is good and turns from evil. Wisdom hears the voice of God and walks in obedience. Wisdom abides in Jesus, who is the truth, the life, the light, the way, and the word. Wisdom that became flesh. Jesus walked amongst us with perfect wisdom, and each day we are being conformed to the image of Christ, and we become wiser. Wisdom is alive and active. To fear the Lord and obey his commands is the start of wisdom. I went into studying wisdom to learn more wisdom, but what it circled back to time and time again is that wisdom is a who, not a what. Practically, the way to receive wisdom is for us to ask God to give us wisdom. When we have his spirit in us, we know and we learn that we have wisdom living in us. Wisdom is trusting in God's grace and goodness. We've learned that God's grace was in the garden, and now we know that wisdom was in the garden too. 1 Peter 1.20 He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Eve had sought to gain wisdom, yet didn't realize she was walking in the presence of God, who is wisdom himself. She was already walking in wisdom while she was walking in his will. The moment that she stopped walking in his will and focused on what was beyond the boundary God set, she lost sight of wisdom. She began her pursuit of fulfilling her own desires in her own way, going against the will of God. And what she failed to realize was that she was already walking with the God who gives wisdom generously. She was deceived when she thought that wisdom was outside of the will of God. In her pursuit of gaining wisdom on her own, she ended up turning and walking away from wisdom himself. Wisdom says, Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Psalms 34, 11 through 14. 1 Peter 1, 13-17 reads, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy, since you call on a Father who judges each person's work impartially. Live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. And 1 Peter 4, 1-12 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, 
arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Denying ourselves what we want may sometimes feel like suffering. We have to turn from seeking our own desires towards the will of God. We have Christ and his example who experienced true suffering to the point of death, which we can't compare. As Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, Romans 8.18. The more I sought to learn about wisdom, the less it became about learning and more about knowing, knowing the giver of wisdom himself. So my final hope is the same of Paul when he wrote in Ephesians 1.17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And to close, I want to read the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life, and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Wisdom is not just mental knowledge of what the truth is, but it's the integration of the truth into the whole of our lives as we become more like Christ. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as I attempted to cover the big word wisdom. Be on the lookout for our next Bible study series episode. I will keep you guys posted. If you're not already on our Facebook group, look up the Made for More podcasts and join in. That's where I'll be posting what we'll be reading for each study. And that's a wrap. If you made it to this point, I want to say thanks for listening to this episode. Sometimes it's so hard to choose what is right in a culture that has many definitions of what is right and true. I want to spread the word and feel passionate about sharing truth with others. If you are passionate about helping others learn about what life in Christ is like, then I encourage you to share this message with a friend, post it on your social media, or just talk about it. I would love to have others walk alongside me in helping others become the light of the world. Feel free to reach out to me by email at emily.90.w at gmail.com or you can add me on Instagram at she who creates for him and you can support this podcast by leaving feedback and ratings. Thank you for being a part of this journey of spreading the word. Bye for now.